Well, hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Season 3 of the Real Nickasized Podcast Experiment. Every season is divided up by a different topic, and we've looked over a couple of things. And in Season 3, it's going to be random. That's right, random. It's going to be the things that are on my heart, things that are on my head, that I'm going to have a chance to just verbally dialogue about. So, and sit back and enjoy season three. You may be wondering if I'm going to talk about good news. <laughs> yeah. It's really all I can think about. When I was a young boy, I prayed the sinner's prayer, which for those of you who do not know, it's a short prayer where you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life and forgive you of your sins. For many, this is the moment where you give control of your life over to God, where his plan comes before your plan, where his desires hopefully become your desires. The sinner's prayer, so to speak, comes out of an evangelical movement that began in the 1950s. The term personal savior was used to describe an individual's relationship with Jesus. And if Jesus was your personal savior, then you needed a personal commitment to him. Hence, the sinner's prayer. Now, when I was a young boy, I prayed the sinner's prayer. And then I slowly went in my own direction. My own direction was making decisions that were more about my desire and plans than God's desires and plans. But always with a guilty conscience. Always with a fear of retribution in the back of my mind and buried deep within my heart. What's the fear, you ask? that I was going to go to hell, that somehow my confession of Jesus was not enough, that every poor choice that I made was eroding my salvation, and and then I would go to things that were created with one goal in mind, to capitalize on that fear. Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames was a touring evangelistic play that depicted people dying, being judged before God, And some being literally dragged off to hell by demons to be tortured forever. Kids my age were drug off the stage screaming in terror. At the end of the night, they would do an altar call. Would anyone like to go to heaven? Because if you aren't sure, you're probably going to hell. So of course, teenage Nick went to the altar. Of course, teenage Nick begged not to be drug away screaming into hell by demons to be tortured forever. Of course. Wouldn't you? It would honestly be about four more years until I truly devoted myself to God. And nearly a decade from that terrifying play until I began to see my faith as beautiful. Until I saw Jesus as my Messiah. I began to realize that Jesus was more than just a version of God that had saved me from the anger of God the Father. It took me time to understand that Jesus had something to say to me, something to speak into my life, that Jesus did not save me from God, that Jesus was God, and that God was Jesus. See, although John 3.16 says that God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only Son, so that whom, whoever may believe upon him will not perish but have eternal life, even though it says that, 
All I ever heard was that Jesus loved the world when God did not. God was angry. God was hurt. God wanted vengeance. God needed punishment. And and God needed to see me hung on a cross, nails through my hands and my feet, a spear thrust into my side, unable to take a breath as I slowly suffocated. Because this was the cost of my sins. And even though I had spent less than two decades on earth, this was the measure of my great sin. God needed to see me crucified. Thankfully, Jesus stepped in and bore all of God's anger toward me. Ugh. That's not good news. I mean... At some point, the story flips to good news, but it doesn't start there. It barely ends there. It's certainly not beautiful. It's just terrifying. I mean, that sort of tale, that sort of story is meant to scare the hell out of you. And, and let, let me say this too. Maybe there are a small segment of people who need the, the hell scared out of them. But I don't think it's the majority of people. And I think we've been doing a disservice to the world around us, starting in the really bad part of the story, starting with news that's not good news. Let me tell you what I understand now. Let me show you how beautiful this can be. Shalom is a word that means peace. It speaks to depth and and a sense of peace that surpasses understanding. It speaks to relationship, and whether that relationship is at peace, that there's no ill will, nothing missing, no distrust, nothing being held back. God created this world in shalom, with a sense of peace. The poetry of Genesis describes this created peace as a garden, as a place of vibrant color, of growth, of life, and of nurturing. These same words, vibrant color, growth, life, and nurturing, it can probably be used to describe mankind's relationship with the Creator. But rather than accept that relationship, exist within it, be satisfied cultivating it, man, mankind attempts to be like God. Because we desire control. We demand power. And whether it is eating a forbidden apple building a tower of Babel, or demanding a human king. Scripture speaks our story back to us, one of choosing our own way rather than God's way. Scripture tells us another story too, the story of a caring and loving creator doing whatever it takes to restore the shalom in our relationship. He does it by creating covenants with us, by rescuing us from Egypt. He does it by showing us miracles. He does it by ending child sacrifice. He does it again and again and again. But we don't get it. For moments, we're restored. And then we forget. And then we find ourselves in exile. We find ourselves with idols. We find ourselves following our own path. And back in the garden, we learn something. Our, our way, our own way, our path brought us into relationship with death. It made us fear death. We were captured by death. We were beholden to it. We gave death control in our lives. 
You see, God loved the world so much that he sent his son to offer everlasting life to whomever would choose it. He offered life through his son, not death. God loved the world and those in the world so much that he sent his son to break the hold of death. But it would take a death. It would take one dying who could not die. It would take one dying who could not stay dead. But these are the things that only a God can do. Die but not die. Die but not stay dead. But how can a God be killed? If a God can be killed, is he really a God? So what if God came as a man, fully God and fully man, as the Son? And what if the full man can be killed to pay the cost of broken shalom? But what if the full God cannot stay dead, and in so doing completely breaks the hold that death has on our world, our lives, and the lives of all who ever were and all who are to come? That in breaking the hold of death, we may once again have the shalom of garden, a time prior to death, a time of life that could be described as vibrant color, growth, nurturing. That in breaking the hold of death, we are welcome to everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whomever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Life to the fullest. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is beautifully good news. So last week, when I'm at the market, and someone hands me a piece of paper that tells me, and I quote, you have earned hell. I'm taken back to teenage Nick watching people be drug off the stage screaming, and all I can think is, you missed the story. You missed the beauty of the gospel. The only thing that you've gotten right is that Jesus is the answer to death, but how you got there takes the beauty out of it. How you got there takes the life out of it. You've forgotten to put the good in good news. You seem to be pretending that God's story began in Genesis 3 with brokenness and death. But God's story began in Genesis 1 with shalom, with vibrant colors, with growth, with nurturing, and with life to the fullest. May you begin with good news. May you have life to the fullest. May you share what is beautiful. May you share what is good. May you recognize gospel when you see it.